What's up, Whisper Nation? Johnny Game Time Hicks here, Big Travis, and we are with Stepmom Lauren today on the Fantasy Whispers. We are talking AFC East, or as some refer to them, the, uh, the least. I don't know. We'll talk about it in today's <laughs> show right here on the Fantasy Whispers. Yes, we're back again. We're back again. Hey, let's pump up the volume. Right here. <laughs> What's up, Whisper Nation? It's Monday, July 22nd, and you're listening to episode 68 of the Fantasy Whisperers with your hosts, Johnny Gametime Hicks and Big Travi. And I'm Chelsea. If you want to follow the show, you can do so on Twitter at TF Whispers. You can also find us on YouTube and Instagram at The Fantasy Whispers. And you should definitely, definitely visit the website, thefantasywhispers.com. We have articles, latest episodes, rankings, and most importantly, our fully loaded draft kit for the 2019 season. And you can check out our Patreon account where you should subscribe. So head on over and check it out. That's right, Chelsea. Thank you so much. We have launched our draft kit. It's on the website, thefantasywhispers.com. But that's only the second most exciting news about today's episode. The number one most exciting thing about today's episode, we've got Stepmom Lauren back at Whisper <laughs> Headquarters. Hi. Back. It's been, Hi. It's it's glad, I know. It's been too long. Yeah. You know, the skies were gray. The temperatures were just terrible. My dinner is bland. You don't call. You don't write. Fine. But I'm back here now. You can't yeah. stop me. I'm here now. Hey, I, I, Listen, think, I think our letters just, they got returned. I think that's what it was. So. Yeah, it's in the mail, right? Yeah, <laughs> it was in the mail. We went. We, we wanted to go I know, the I'm old fashion route because we wanted to show how much we cared about you. Uh, and it, it must have just re- wrong address, wrong address. So some, I know some lucky, some lucky person out there right now is opening up <laughs> those letters and really touched. Who the hell calls themselves stepmom Lauren? This is weird <laughs> trash. Oh, that's funny. All right. So, uh, we got a great show today, Travis and, and stepmom Lauren. This is going to be fun. We'll, we'll have some good banter here, uh, talking the major storylines, right? Travis. Yeah, so these episodes, as we've told you before, Whisper Nation, are a little bit meatier, right? Because what we want to do here is is peg each team down to their number one fantasy football storyline going into training camp, which are launched you know, last week and will continue to ramp up for all teams uh, heading into the end of July here. And there are some important things that we're going to hit on in each division, and there's probably more, but we wanted to give you guys our own like number one take on these things and so i'm really excited to jump into this but before we do guys i wanted to talk a little bit about one of the biggest news and notes uh we've we've gotten in a long time and that's tyreek hill will officially not be suspended by the nfl at this time there is some language in their statement that says uh you know if any <laughs> that's right stepmom yeah. lauren not a fan uh I can't say that I'm a fan either of this guy off the field or just what he's 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 been as a as a human being uh, here. And so it's unfortunate that we're going to have to do this. But like that, let's not make any mistake. This guy is a one to two round uh, target in fantasy. And so I just want to get we'll start with you, Stepmom Lauren. What's your take on this? Obviously, I don't think he'll be on a ton of your teams. Um, but are you advising your followers, your listeners to draft him? <laughs> 
That sums it up. Right. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, unfortunately, in the realm of real life and real fan, real fantasy, is that a thing? I don't know. I'm making it a thing. In the realm of real life and then fantasy football, unfortunately, these things don't matter when it comes to fantasy production. So, I mean, if you are down to take him, I mean, yeah, he's a he's a stud. You can't get around that. And that just brings up everyone else on the offense. It makes Travis Kelsey even better. It makes Patrick Mahomes look even better. I mean, there's really no way around that. Do I you know, like him as a human. Not really. I don't really think that should have anything to do with your personal drafts. For me, that's a totally different story. But if you want to draft him, you should. Absolutely. Also, mm. still keep an eye on the news because in that press conference, they did say they will reevaluate if yeah. criminal charges come to pass. They're working with the police. They didn't want to get in anyone's way. So it was almost sounded like it was a little bit kind of a staccatoed and not super duper in depth. Yeah. So I think they might be waiting for the police to do their work. I don't know. Keep an eye on it. But if he's cleared to go, hard to get around that. Really hard yeah. to get around that he's a beast. Well, the, the I don't like it. But the crazy thing, right, is that my my concern not isn't necessarily like what is his draft value. I, I think that's going to uh, equal itself out. It, he will be a second round pick. Uh, maybe a borderline first round uh, in, in some cases. But my concern is more so, yeah, it's it's shut down for now. But we've seen cases not even be open, a la it from the same team, the Kareem Hunt. And although that took you know video evidence, if there is actual audio evidence even more so than what we've already heard, the Chiefs are not afraid to just cut a player midseason. And that's more right. so where my concern comes in uh, with exactly. Tyreek Hill. Is, yeah. Yes, absolutely right. At you know, Right now, is he a great value? Uh, could he definitely help you win a championship this year? Yes. But unfortunately, week to week, you're going to be walking on eggshells, constantly checking Twitter, constantly checking your, your news feeds, saying, did any news about Tyreek Hill come out? Because if it does... It's probably the same scenario where Kansas City sat down with Tyreek Hill and was like, listen, tell us the truth. If we find out it's not the truth, then we're done. We're just cutting you. And they have now the insurance with Mikkel Hardman to be like, yo, we've pretty much drafted your your next, you know, your backup, a guy that's very yeah. similar to uh, you. And we have no problem. Yeah, your mini me. Yeah, no, no problem just cutting you and, and going with him. So that's more so where my concern with the with drafting Tyreek Hill comes from. Uh, but if you get him and he does play a full season, you are getting a very solid wide receiver with tremendous upside, um, lightning fast. I mean, I mean, we saw it last year. So um, it, it's interesting. Yeah, I think the NFL protected themselves uh, the best they could in this scenario. Like, honestly, I don't see how they didn't uh, suspend the guy. Um, you've suspended players for a lot less. And even if you don't think that he did do anything to his son, uh, he put his son in a position where he could be in, in a home that he got his arm broken in. Um, so I just yeah. uh, there's some endangerment things there that I just don't understand how they couldn't have suspended him. But they did do that thing, you know, as uh, stepmom Lauren was alluding to, where they kind of left the door open for themselves and protected themselves a little bit that if something else further came along, they'd be able to swipe down really fast and go ahead and, and suspend him. So obviously, Johnny talks about it. that risk is is there. It's hovering over him, kind of like Ezekiel Elliott, who's yeah. had multiple run ins now, too. And you're. You're going to draft these studs, but you, in the back of your mind, you got to remember, like, this isn't the first time they've had this dance with the NFL. Right. Um, 
So anyways, let's get on from the negative stuff and maybe talk a little more positively as far as fantasy football is concerned. Let's jump into the AFC East, guys, uh, guy and gal, and uh, let's talk the New England Patriots. Johnny, we want to hear from you first. Uh, what is your biggest your biggest storyline heading into training camp for the New England Patriots? So, Travis, for me, my biggest storyline that I'm really going to be watching for in the preseason for the New England Patriots is the health of Tom Brady. And is father time finally going to catch up to Tom Brady? It seems like he's been eluding it now for a while. But as we all know, father time eventually will catch up to you. And it's kind of crazy because this has been kind of like a slow sinking ship over the last couple of years. And every year we're like, is this a year? Is this a year? And Tom Brady just keeps kind of producing. But last year was the first year that we kind of saw that really starting to dip. And it got, it went a little bit unnoticed, right? Because we were all still impressed with the majority of what he was doing and what new England was doing. And I think that's where it kind of benefits him. He has a, a, a coach in bill Belichick that might have a sense of that. So they started to change up the game plan a little bit, but Tom Brady finished as the QB 12 last season. Uh, but if you break that down from weeks eight to 16, we saw Brady finish as a top 12 quarterback only one time. And that was in week 14 and then if you look at all the rest of his finishes, his best finish other than that week 14 was QB 16. So there, the production went way down. The drop-off went way down at the end of last season. So I want to know, what does this mean? Are they going to, uh, you know, we're already questioning what kind of pass catchers are going to be around Tom Brady other than Julian Edelman and, and maybe uh, James White. But are they going to be, you know, running the ball more? Are we going to see? Is this is this going to be? They brought in another running back and Damian Harris for this fact because they want to run the ball a lot more. Uh, it'll be interesting, and that's what I kind of want to watch in preseason. See what their game plans are uh, for the preseason and see how Tom Brady is looking. Yeah, I think Johnny make a great point there when you talk about how they're tailoring this offense towards the age of Tom Brady, right? They're de basically making this thing so they can make him last as long as possible. I mean, they're putting as much saran wrap on that old man as they can to try and make him, you know, come through for them. You look at the they've been top 3 in rushing attempts as a team in two of the last 3 years, and in those 2 years they've averaged 30 carries a game as a team. So there's plenty of work and I I think this just really runs right into stepmom Lauren's, you know, big storyline for this is, is like Sony Michelle, this, uh, this annoying backfield we have here. What do you, what do you got there for us? Stepmom Lauren. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, I always look at, well, have always looked at the Patriots as such an annoying backfield. Yeah. And then when I really kind of dug into it, it's like, is it really that annoying though? <laughs> because I mean, we're it, we can't ignore Sony Michelle's health in this, in this situation, and we never want to wish injury on anybody. That's it's awful. But like since uh, I think it was 2011, I tracked down all of his injuries, and they're pretty insane. So 2011 torn ACL, 2014 broken shoulder blade, 2014 ankle injury, 2016 fractured forearm, 2017 ankle sprain. 2017 in December, knee strain, then knee strain, then knee strain. Now his <laughs> knee was scoped. I mean, like, yeah. wow. Are, uh, speaking of saran wrap, they're putting bubble wrap around Sonny <laughs> yeah. Michelle now, too. 
So that that <laughs> really speaks volumes we to me. Change our team name to Team Bubble Wrap. Is that what we Team Bubble Wrap? Uh, yeah, is that uh, what we're saying here? Like I like that. I like that. Like the big bubbles, not right. those little yeah. small ones. Yeah, those yeah. are like real satisfying, but those big ones give that big pop. That's yeah. super awesome. It's yeah. like They're yes, I lived. Cushion. I lived with <laughs> Bubble Wrap. Finally, I can die in peace. But I mean. So yeah, there's a lot of running backs like we talked about. There's Sonny Michelle, obviously, James White. Then there's Damian Harris, like you mentioned, Rex, Rex Burkhead, Sexy Rexy. He's Hercules. Hercules, yeah. Hercules. <laughs> and then we've got Brandon Bolden and then like five other people. Like, who knows? It's almost as bad as yeah, the San Francisco I'm pretty sure they're going to try you out for running back stuff. Maybe. <laughs> they better double up that bubble wrap because 35 year old stepmom lauren here she's got an injury list that's just as long as sony michelle oh and by the way hey, one of his injuries you. we would draft one of his yes, yes, yes thank you we would take you. i can be quite scrappy but this is actually funny one of his injuries july 2016 was a fractured forearm from an atv accident you guys know how good i am on an atv i feel you you're sony. gonna draft him just so you guys can go atv in together i know i know i'd be like let's Oh, geez. But so when you look at this backfield, um, if you want to take a Patriots, there is one name that really stands out to me, and that's James White. And I, I can't remember what his ADP is right now. I don't have it in front of me. That'll be homework can, for y'all listening. Find his ADP. 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 Work, peon. You work. You do <laughs> yeah. work. Well, I talk and sound yeah. important. Listen, anyway. she's the talent, Johnny. You get to work back there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I'm really, yeah. Don't listen to them, guys. Anyway, but so last year he had 123 targets. This is in the passing game. 123 targets, 87 receptions, 751 yards, and seven touchdowns. Mm. And his longest was a 42-yard reception. His yards per game were 46.9, and he had a 70.7 catch percentage. I looked at this like, I thought it was a running back. But he yeah, is. Yeah. But he, yeah, is, he had he career is, highs in, in touchdowns. Yes. And, and – uh, receiving touchdowns that is rushing touchdowns as well. I mean, this is the this is where this we just talked about. It. This is where this offense is going, and and who does Brady have to trust left? Edelman and James White. Like oh, that's Edelman it is so pretty. He's 703. so pretty. <laughs> that's where he's he's according to. Yeah. Edelman. Okay. So you're going yeah, in the beginning of the seventh calculator. round. Which and it, this is dropped. what's so awesome. It, it has dropped because uh, yes. earlier in this summer. It was in the he was late a little fourth expensive, round, yeah. and I was like, yeah. yeah, I just don't see. Sony was going early, early fourth, uh, or late, late third, and I, that was just too expensive to me. But now it's starting to, you know, kind of equal itself out, and I like him at that value. I think he's you know, he's going too. with uh, so it's James White, Latavius Murray, and Jordan Howard, and uh, seventh round. This has got to be standard, right? I mean, we're. Oh yeah, yeah. So well, let me go yeah. to. I was gonna say because PPR. Yeah, he's PPR, be... he would probably go up a little bit. Yeah. But, you know, you're talking about different draft strategies you want to have moving forward, and if you really want to pick up some stud wide receivers early that generally can outscore some of the lower end wide receivers, you can pick up some great value later on in the draft. And one of those big names, uh, you guys mentioned this on a previous podcast, is Latavius Murray, who I love yeah. as well, and James White, and those guys are going to be studs. I. I love it. But that's the storyline that hits me out of the Patriots is, is that backfield really as annoying as we all think it is because of Sonny Michelle's injury history and because James White's stepping up, but then you have a rookie right behind him and not much else. Yeah. We talk about um, this backfield and for me, the pie is so large as far as rushing attempts that you, you know, strategies coming into this season. I'm telling a lot of whisper nation, like draft one of those new England running backs. 
I don't care who it is, get a piece of that backfield because if you have a piece of that backfield and you get the right piece, it's going to be such a good investment. I mean, we've seen LeGarrette Blunt on last leg scoring 18 touchdowns for this offense. Sony Michelle last year for them in the playoffs averaged two touchdowns a game. I mean, mm-hmm. at the back half of last year was a really good running back for them. And don't get me wrong, like I think that they drafted Damian Harris as insurance because, you know, Sony Michelle you know, scares them. That knee scares them. And why not? I mean, stepmom Lauren listed all those injuries. It was longer than a CVS receipt. Like it, it's, <laughs> it's a lot with the injuries. coupon at the end. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> half off knee, half off. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Buy two, get one knee free. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think that being said, I still love Sony Michelle's upside. I'm still looking at him like in the fourth round, I'm, I'm st- or fourth and fifth round in drafts. I'm still kind of looking at Sony Michelle just purely on touchdown upside alone on this offense. We know that they are not going to be a team that's going to be throwing a ton and they're, they're going to give those backs the, the goal line carries. So, yeah, and you make um, you bring a good point because even if you just get Sony Michelle and let's say you miss on James White or you don't want him, you can still play him when he's healthy. Just yeah. don't play him when he's hurt, obviously, right. and you're still going to have good upside, like you mentioned for sure. Yeah, and I liked what you talked about there too, is, as far as going upside down at the top of your drafts and you're getting the skill, you know, you're getting wide receivers maybe, or maybe you go Kelsey and a wide receiver, you're going to yep. need to scoop up some valuable running backs in the back end and who who better than a guy in James White whose role is secure. He yes. may not be the guy that's going to give you 100 rushing yards every game, but he's going to give you quite a bit of receiving yards and and, and, a, and a good shot at scoring a receiving touchdown for them. Um, so moving on here, I don't want to spend too much time on this annoying backfield because we got to really talk about the exciting Buffalo Bills, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Best of the business segment right there, baby. <laughs> um, no, uh, you know, we can we – can ja- laugh and joke all we want about this, but Josh Allen was actually a beast and made this team, you know, really interesting and and definitely himself over the last half of last year or back, back month of last year from weeks 12 through 17 guys. He had five rushing touchdowns, 476 yards and was the QB one for that span. I would, you know, my biggest storyline here is can Josh Allen take a step forward as a passer? Are we going to see something like get a little bit, you know, next level for him. We saw them kind of cut it loose for him. You look at the first seven games as a starter, he averaged only 22 pass attempts and he never threw for more than 33 in a single game in his final five, though, he averaged 34 attempts. So they were really starting to take the, you know, the wheels off or the training wheels off of him here and let, and let him loose. So step on Lauren, I know you're interested in, you know, uh, or at least I thought you were interested in Buffalo and talking Josh Allen here before you, I think you went back and forth on I what, what you were going to talk about. I did. Here, so. Cause I'm like, cause that's the only name that comes out and like jumps out at me. I mean, I guess you could look at Robert Foster. I'm, this is, oh, I kind of threw up in my mouth a little bit when I saw this <laughs> on the show doc. I'm like, why can't we just skip them? Sorry, Buffalo hey, fans. It's not, it's not fans. a knock on we you. Have some Buffalo I know. Fans. It's not a knock on y'all. You guys are the greatest fans I, ever for putting up with your team for real. I probably Here's shouldn't say this because we want people to listen, but we're going to talk about the Bills and the Redskins in this episode. So it's like, <laughs> we've really done a lot of uh, spat. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but we're going to make it fun. So, and like you brought up, one of the things that kind of blew my mind about Josh Allen is he was QB1 weeks 12 through 17, which do we really pay attention to, you know, week 17? It made sense for my it's narrative. It's good for that. So I'm, yeah, I'm I was going to say it's it in there. Yeah. And, you know, they look, especially with quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, you're looking at these quarterbacks that can rush 
And yeah, he doesn't really have like weapons that he can throw to. So the poor man is just like, I'm either going to like get steamrolled and die or I'm going to have to throw it 50 yards down the field and hope that one of my teammates catches it and I don't get intercepted or like I said, die from the defense coming right at his poor face. Yeah. So a lot of what another interesting thing about Josh Allen, too, which is bringing back to your point, can he get better? I think he can. Um, just he's, he's going to be in another year. Uh, they brought in John Brown. Uh, he is a deep field threat. That's what Josh Allen likes to do. But what scares me is with his rushing. Yes, he was known for his legs. And that's where a lot of his fantasy points came from. But let me see if I can actually find it. He, I think he had like 123 of his rushing plays were designed. And then 508 of them were scrambled. Like, that scares me. So, yeah. and then going into next year, his offensive line by uh, Pro Football Focus is still only ranked 29th. So he's going to have to scramble again. So you could look at the pro on that, said he did pretty good when he had to scramble. You could look at the con and say, oh my God, he's still going to have to scramble. Like, he's not going to get the protection he needs to throw accurate passes down the field to get his passer rating up and get fantasy production that way. And his numbers... Oh, God, yeah, 29th worst O-line. I just saw that in my notes, and it made me throw up in my mouth again a little bit. Like, oh, God. But, and, and here's the thing. He has scored a touchdown, either by rushing or by passing, in nine of out of the 12 games that he played. So he finds a way to get it done. I don't know how. It's just beyond me. But here are some other interesting numbers for Josh Allen, too, that kind of surprised me. Um, 27 of his passes were dropped. Very interesting thing to keep in mind if he has better weapons around him that have better hands and don't slather them in butter or Crisco before the game. <laughs> that could go up. That's 6.3% of his passes that were dropped. Um, let's see. He had 60.4% of his passes were true completion. 63.6% were play-action completions. That's nice. 44.4% red zone completions. Also not bad. And he had 26 deep ball completion. So that's not awesome, but it's not terrible either. So it's there. It's it's there. Can they put it together in 2019? I'm not sure. Would I draft um, Josh Allen? I don't think so. Unless I had a really deep bench and I didn't want to let him just sit on the wire, then I might take a stab at him, but also have my starting quarterbacks on the off chance that, that he does put it together. Or you stream him because he can be an absolute beast as a streamable quarterback option. Not to be ignored, but he's not yeah. going to be my QB one. I mean, he's one of my it. favorite, like, if you're doing a two-quarterback league, he's one of my favorite guys to target. Mine too. That. Yeah, a yeah. super flex like he, or a two-quarter. Yeah, for sure. exactly. Because, like, you just, like, you you have that unlimited upside with his rushing ability. I have a problem thinking that he's going to continue to average 11 yards per scramble like he did last year. I mean, that was just an insane amount of yards per scramble. Um, and so there's going to be regression there, but can he compensate that regression by go ahead and like throwing more and consistently and getting that as part of his game? That's the big question here. And Johnny, I know you're going to talk a little bit about those weapons, um, that he wants to throw to as your biggest storyline coming out of Buffalo. Um, so do you see something or enough there to make, you know, Josh Allen jump from a, a non-draftable guy for me and stepmom Lauren to maybe a guy you're looking at late, late, late in your, in your, uh, drafts. Yeah, I actually do like Josh Allen. And if I came out of the draft with Josh Allen, you know, of course, I'm not going to be super excited. There's a guy, a couple guys that I'd rather have Lamar Jackson, um, you know, Mitch Trubisky. I like those guys a little bit more, but I, I would feel confident in Josh Allen because he has the rushing ability. And then you look at those pieces that they brought in, right? They brought in John Brown, who is known 
he he's been a very good wide receiver in this league. Uh, he's been a a one of the top fantasy options uh, before as well with that speed. So he's going to be taking all those deep routes. So uh, a lot of those, you know, his p- completion percentage over his career. Let me just look this up right now. I'm just on a whim here. Uh, with so hang hang with. Don't forget Cole Beasley. Right. So yeah, they um they also brought in Cole Beasley. So. John Brown is a I've got him slated for 55% or sorry, excuse me, 43% completion percentage, uh which is about par for him. Um and then yeah, so you get Cole Beasley in there who, you know, he wants to prove himself. That's why he went to Buffalo. There's there's the room for Brown's numbers to go up too because yep. of how good Allen is as a deep ball thrower too. Correct. Yes, so, yes, yes. That's why I like John Brown a lot too. Yes, right. agreed. Uh, I agree with that. And then my big, you know, more so, so I know that those are the two positions uh, that he was definitely going to improve in, right? Uh, the one thing I want to see in training camp is the battle for this third wide receiver position. A lot of people in the fantasy community are on Robert Foster. Like, that's the talk is everyone's buying Robert Foster. And I just, looking at the data and looking at, you know, the game scripts, I just don't see Robert Foster being that guy. I think that, I think John Brown was Robert, and is going to take over the Robert Foster role. And I think if you look at it, Zay Jones, his stats were a lot better than Robert Foster, and no one is talking about Zay Jones. Nobody. And you know what? That's because no one's talking about the Bills. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is true. Except this for is, us, which yes, we cover everything. Exactly. <laughs> if you look at the last five games, uh, which we've been talking about, you know, the last half of, of the season last year, Robert Foster, he averaged five targets a game, 312 total receiving yards, two touchdowns, and that equated to 17% market share. Zay Jones, on the other hand, had he was averaging 8.4 targets a game. He had 269 reception uh, receiving yards. He had five touchdowns, 26% market share. That's a guy that is going super late in drafts in the four, uh, 13th, 14th, sometimes going undrafted at all. I don't mind taking a stab on. I know it's Buffalo, but there's going to be someone who has to catch the ball here. I do like John Brown as well. He's going super late in drafts, uh, but... You need an under, you know, John Brown isn't going to go deep every single time. And you need a guy that's going to work that middle area of the field. And Zay Jones, like he's not that far removed from being one of the top wide receivers taken. Like there, when he was, when he was brought in, everyone was talking about him. They loved his talent. He was, he was raw, but they loved the talent. And I think he's finally starting to get that click. I mean, let's, let's be real here. Like let's real talk real quick. The guy had Ben uh, uh, Benjamin, Calvin Benjamin, as his guy he was learning from, who came out to Josh Allen and said when Josh Allen asked him if he wanted to run some routes before uh, before a game and, and Benjamin, Calvin Benjamin straight up said, no, dude, I'm good. Like that was the guy that was in front. Of him. So it's he it's going to take a little bit longer to get into, the, you know, how where to be all the all these things that I think that Zay Jones is an interesting guy. Uh, I know we're talking about Buffalo here, but they're going to score some points and someone's got to have those. And with the five touchdowns at the end of last season, you see that relationship there. Uh, John Brown certainly will catch touchdown passes, but those will be deeper ones. Uh, And so I'm interested to see what this battle is like in training camp. 
I was actually just, sorry, I was moving around here for a second. Those of you who are watching this, you're going to be like, what is she doing? Like, that's <laughs> annoying. But what I was trying to do is check out Zay Jones's ADP. And I'm on Fantasy Football Calculator right now under half PPR, and he's not even getting drafted. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's extreme value as opposed yes. to, like, trying to put all your eggs in the Robert Foster basket, who I'm sure is even a value right now as we're talking to in ADP-wise. Uh, but John Brown's interesting. I think we've got something there as long as we can see. Like, that's what, something I'll be watching in training camp and in preseason is Josh Allen's ability to throw in this offense and how much he's going to play with that first team and what he can do in that respect. But moving on. He also on, said he's working on his accuracy in the offseason. Just P.S. Yeah, I mean, how do these you, guys how do, you so do that? Where they're like, I'm working on throwing. Like, of course you are. Oh, like, Lamar Jackson's worse. He's like, yeah, yeah I can't throw the ball. Like what? <laughs> I wanted, but honestly, like, how do you? What do you practice for that? Like, do you like put a, a like a target? They have a, a you know, is it the hole, the net with the hole? And then they're like, all right, maybe, like, maybe it's like a big trash can that's like all the way down. Or like, I was just going to insult the Bills again, and I can't do that. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, actually, uh, Aaron Rodgers did an interview with Chris Sims that I just watched the other day, and what Rodgers said was a lot of it has to do with your hitch, right? If you're hitching and you're like, and you see an out route and you move those hips and you're, and you're, he's like, that's that all that timing is how you get more accurate. He uh, should so. practice the Samba then move them. Yeah. hips. <laughs> yeah. There exactly. we go. A little uh, Zumba. Uh, anyways, moving on to probably the birthplace of Zumba, Miami, uh, the Miami <laughs> dolphins. <laughs> it's a good thing. Uh, are the next yeah. dude, yeah, just soft toss me those segues. Baby. I know, I know yeah. man. <laughs> so, Miami Dolphins here. Uh, for me, I think Johnny and I are a little bit in the same uh, realm here as far as our storyline here. But I'm going to actually kick it off to Stepmom Lauren first because Ooh. if you don't know anything about Stepmom Lauren, you would probably know that she's going to hang her flag or plant her flag on this player right here, and she probably couldn't wait to get talking I love this. about this section of the show. I scrolled through the entire show doc, and I was like, where is Miami? <laughs> Put my name on it. I love Kenyon Drake. I can't help it. And now that I talk about him all the time, he's probably going to suck just yeah. out of, like, karma that's I don't I haven't done anything wrong. So maybe if I just keep being a nice does. person. Yeah, the yeah. fantasy football god's gonna be like, nope, that was one time too many talking about Kenyon Drake. <laughs> yeah. Guess what? He gone. Like, dang it. <laughs> but if you haven't figured this out yet, I love Kenyon Drake. I love him because Adam Gay is gone. He's with Final. the Jets. Bye bye. And he's finally gonna have the opportunity to get it done, which I love because Brian Flores. I don't think he knows what an offense actually is because he was he's so defensive minded. He was a scout, all that. I have it in an article. And uh, anywho, so this is really going to be his probably first and last chance to prove, hey, I can be the bell cow running back. We're going to obviously have to keep an eye on his durability, um, which we haven't really seen if he's capable of being durable as a bell cow. So that's kind of exciting. So clearly for PPR, no, no matter what, he is going to be a stud in PPR because he is that primary pass catcher role. But we want to know, is he going to be involved in the, you know, from line of scrimmage and the run game, not necessarily super involved in the passing game because last year he was their second leading receiver on the entire team. So 
This is what I really love about him. You compare him to Jay Ajayi. Do I have those notes in here? I can't remember if I do. Anyway, but I have them, whatever. But when he was going up against Frank Gore last year, um, he had 120 rush attempts, 535 yards, and four touchdowns. Now, Frank Gore was really the, the big name here, and I really have to go back and double-check these numbers because I can't believe what I'm reading from Pro Football Reference. But Frank Gore had 165 attempts. Granted, that's more. About 200 yards more, well, just just about 200, 722 yards, but he didn't have a rushing touchdown. Caden Drake did, and he also had passing touchdown. So it's like, it's there. It's right there. Yeah. Please make yeah, this happen. I love Kenyon Drake so much, and you can get him. I believe he's going He's going in the fifth round now. Did he? Is yeah. he did it ADP rise? No, yeah. no, no. You can still get some. Is it it's still the same? Yeah, it, it's still roughly the same, and I, I'm with you. Do you like you. how I did that? I, like, covered my basis. I was like, did it rise? Yeah. Oh, it's the same, right? Because I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just, but I love that. I, I, I love I'm, it. I love I'm, his value. I'm with you. I'm willing to go down on this ship with you because everything Let's go. everything you stated before we can be is, the orchestra is, on the titanic exactly exactly do it women yeah. and children only sir yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah well not oh only. so then i'm good see you later yeah, yeah, yeah you're the woman and then john's the child so <laughs> oh wow. come on honey what? <laughs> I need your pinky. <laughs> I'm just saying that Drake is going to finally have an opportunity. And this is one of my favorite, my favorite points about Kenyon Drake versus, cause I know everyone is, is really high um, on the fact that Kenyon Drake has never been the guy that they have other backs that they brought in and, you know, and Kalen Balazs. But Kalen Balaj, I I've watched this guy in my own backyard. I know who he is, uh, and I know these scouts know who he is even more so than I do. And he is a gadget guy. He is not a guy who you can rely on to be a heavy, you know, running back, uh, heavy workhorse running back. Kenyon Drake is built like that, and if you give him the opportunity. From everything we've seen, if you put this guy together, all every all of his years that he's been, he is consistently over five yards carry he is he was would be on pace for over a thousand yards um and has the, great elusive stats great, i mean he yes. exactly yeah exactly back Bellage is Bellage is terrible at he is the exact opposite of Kenyon drake at elusiveness he literally goes down on first contact 90 percent of the time and so for me i am hugely on the the Kenyon drake uh bandwagon with you so much so that travis even hates when i bring up his name even the the sound of me saying even if i refer to a drake song he thinks I'm immediately <laughs> referring to Kenyon Drake, and he's like, "I don't want to be a part of this conversation." I'm the same way. I'm the same. I'm the same way. Yeah. Another I, thing too, I like about Brian Flores is that he's seen, he's witnessed firsthand what Kenyon Drake has done to New England, like kind of mm. almost single handedly. I love that. So he knows yeah. what kind of explosive player Kenyon Drake can be. And, and you may continue, Travis. Yeah. Well, Drake just profiles for me as a guy that has pretty good upside especially he's very safe even on a miami team that probably won't run a ton of plays and probably won't be very good he's relatively safe because Ooh, of his ability to i mean i'm just looking let's at be honest let, like i'm just looking honest. at the hey, don't you, it's like it's like one uptick better than the bills and the red yeah like, don't you diss ryan Fitzmagic that way hey you know i love Fitzpatrick, <laughs> but he'll be he'll be a, a g for a month and then they'll he'll just throw a bunch of picks so no i think that 
Drake. But is, Josh is, Rosen, man, come on. <laughs> That'd be so, the best okay, thing. So ever. I got to bring this up because you know what, Josh Rosen. I was thinking about this this morning, right? As I was going through our notes and making sure I had. Yeah, Johnny gets up early in the morning, starts thinking about Josh Rosen. Exactly. Um, oh, it's true love. Yeah. So <laughs> as as a and Travis can attest to this. When rumors first came out that uh, the Cardinals were linked to Kyler Murray, I was absolutely against it. I was like, we need to give Josh Rosen more time. Like he was like, he didn't have any opportunities last year. Like we were bad, blah, blah, blah. List goes on and on. Right. I feel like now that I'm thinking clear right now, we got Kyler Murray in here. I'm super excited. Uh, And now that we have this in here, I feel like it's like a relationship where when you're in it, it's like a bad relationship, right? But you, you know, mm-hmm. when your friends try to talk to you about it, you get defensive, you get ugly. You're like, no, this person's amazing. What, what are you talking about? And then you finally just do it. You pull the trigger, you, you break up, you get into a new relationship, and then you start realizing all the bad. Like, you're like, <laughs> wow, this is, this is really. Why weird. didn't I see that before? The red flags are everywhere. Exactly. Also known as challenge flags. I'm just <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And that's how I, I feel about that Josh Rosen. That's how I feel about Josh Rosen going to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, of course, I want him to do well, just like any person in a in a past relationship would want the their past significant other to do well. Uh, I do want him to do well, but I just fits magic. I I think that it it stirs him. It, it creates that competition, and I think that was what the difference was last year. Was he really felt like he had the chance to uh, compete with Jameis Winston, and that's why we saw him doing so well. Whenever we've seen him do really, really well, it's when he had a chip on his shoulder and something to prove. And I mean, you saw it with the first year with the Jets because they were saying he was a one-time, a one, uh, you know, season starter, blah blah blah. And he came out and he really killed it. And then guess what? They gave him a contract. He kind of eased up. He didn't play so well. Uh, you 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 see what he did with um with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then again here in Miami, they were like, "Hey, you're going to be the guy." And then they trade for Josh Rosen, and then he's got that chip again. And and what have we heard out of training camp or mini camp that he's he's being phenomenal? He's definitely beating out Josh Rosen, and so that's big for me. Like low key, I'm not going to lie. I secretly kind of like the Miami Dolphins offense this year. I'm not, I'm like looking at these guys and I'm like, there's, there could be some good fantasy gems here. Uh, starting with Kenyon Drake, uh, Albert Wilson. I'm a huge fan yes. of Albert Wilson. Yes. I was just uh, going to say the Burt alert. You, he's, he's sneaky as well. Right. And you know, Parker, he's like the, the, uh, you know, preseason, uh, you know, hype train master. You've got that going for you. Uh, but dare I say he has the best quarterback he's ever had in his career. So maybe who knows? That could be a guy. Damn, dude. Shots fired at my boy Jay Cutler, dude. Yeah, shots. Smoking Jay Cutler. Yeah, smoking Jay Cuddy. Uh, so I, I just like the pieces, and I, I have a feeling that, you know, you know, Kenny Stills is there as well. I have a feeling that there's going to be a nice piece out of here other than, Ken, I, you know, I'm already shooing in Kenyon Drake as going to be a nice piece. I think that there's going to be a nice piece in this receiving core. And I'm not exactly 100% sure who it is. My bet is on Albert Wilson. Uh, but but yeah, there's, there's some one of, just like Travis was talking about New England's running back, like 
take a stab at one of them because one of them's going to be good when you, if you have that guy. That's how I feel. And, about and it. you can get them late. Exactly. You can get yes. them late. It's yeah, not like these guys them... have premium draft capital. Yes, I mean, you right. can literally like go through your kitchen trash and probably find one. <laughs> exactly. You I mean, can, that's like, exactly oh, the trash the can. <laughs> go get the <laughs> trash can stills. the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> And then, and then get, yeah. And then you light that trash on fire and do a flying elbow into the trash can. <laughs> and then whichever name pops out, whichever trash yeah. pops out with the name, get yeah. that guy. Exactly. No, I think you make a great excellent point. draft strategy. <laughs> we've we've seen... lighting things on fire and pile driving trash cans. <laughs> Yeah, this this show has gone off the rails like the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the uh, tailgating. Oh man, harsh. <laughs> no, um, Stepmom Moore, we just want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Tell Whisper Nation where they can find you, what you've been working on, what's going on in your world. Oh man, well you know Travis Day. I just I wake up and. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Not that no. much. Not that much. <laughs> I'm kidding. So you guys can all find me at Stepmom Lauren. So I'm Facebook.com slash Stepmom Lauren. I'm at Twitter, on Twitter, at Stepmom Lauren. Instagram, at Stepmom Lauren. I also just launched my website. So StepmomLauren.com is yeah. live. You guys can find all of my work there. I am a writer for the Fantasy Footballers. I have a new article coming out um, at the end of the month. It's going to be about Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. Ooh, that's maybe a we'll get one. some insight on that. Yeah, I just I came out with a piece that. about D.D. Westbrook, Keelan Cole, and everyone else who's that on the Jacks, awesome which I well. felt like Alice in Wonderland falling down the rabbit hole. It was crazy. <laughs> but yeah, and um, I'll just I'll, I'll be around. You know, I'm, I'm doing this and that. You can probably find me on a couple other podcasts too. You know, say hi, come yeah. take me. Well, we I'm love nice having you on usually. here. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. I've yes. missed you guys. It's been we'll forever. Keep, yeah, we'll keep it up. I mean, we we were in the lab. We were in a dark place, crunching numbers <laughs> there for a long time. Uh, but we're we're back now, and we, we love to have you back on the show. Whisper Nation, we love you. That's Johnny Game Time Hicks. I'm Big Travi. And for Stepmom Lauren, we are out of here. Peace. Please like and subscribe to the Bye. show. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.